0: Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Get It Whacked, the so Macclesfield the cricket, cricket Club podcast. Over the, over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of MacCC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew, or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is Mellington Estates Limited. Mellington Estates are a family-run property management and development company based in Macclesfield. There are four sides to the business. They have 120,000 square feet of commercial premises, including warehouse and office buildings based in Macclesfield. Commercial premises are always a moving target, and Andrew is always keen to hear from prospective new tenants. Other services offered include student properties in Fallowfield, Withington, and Central Manchester, professional let properties in Macclesfield, Didsbury, and Cheadle Hume, and soon to be completed new build residential properties in Presbury, close to the New King's campus. Contact Andrew for more information via www.mespace.co.uk. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guest. This man, in his own words, is a local podcast celebrity and star of episode 7, The Umpire Strikes Back. It's fair to say that many things probably rub off on you when you live with Frankie Parker, but self-promotion isn't one of those things when it comes to this man. In fact, he's taken on promoting the cricket club instead via the medium of Instagram, under bold underappreciated he's incapable of hitting a dustbin with a rugby ball at four yards ladies and gentlemen mr pete langley langers welcome back how are you yeah i'm good thanks mate i'd argue that it was
1: because it was four yards that made it so difficult to be honest the further away i got it was actually easier
0: right okay and and for those that haven't seen your uh attempt at a coaching video did you want to describe it
1: It's it's a Average five out of ten, I'd give it. Just passing the ball into a dustbin, hoping that it'd go in. That's it, really. Joe Moores did one kicking a rugby ball from probably about 20 metres away, and he made it look a lot easier than than I did. Um, so maybe I'm in the wrong profession. I don't know, mate.
0: Well, I don't know. But what I would say is you, you did give some handy coaching tips. You, you said something about watching the ball and and looking at the target. And, you know, we, we all know you're a good coach. We've heard it on episode seven, Langers. But, uh, no, it was... It was uh, Good of you to post what could have been a little bit of a coaching faux pas. Yeah, it puts a smile on people's faces, doesn't it? It does indeed. Talking of that, Langers, got you back on the podcast because there's a few things we want to talk about. We haven't give the game away just yet, but we do have a special guest coming on. Uh, once we've uh, covered a few bases with yourself which is very exciting for the podcast but um, first question is obviously we're back in lockdown 3.0 now H- how's this uh, this last year been for you really? Do you know I, I read
1: that the other day lockdown 3.0 and thought well I, I must have missed lockdown 2.0 because I thought we only had one that was in March so I don't know where the second one happened but yeah the third one so far is online teaching again so using Microsoft Teams laptop, being sat uh, sat in front of the laptop all day, which isn't really what you sign up for as a PE teacher. But, you know, I can't complain. I've still got a job and my health and all that kind of stuff that goes with that. So.
0: And talking of your health, obviously you were, during the first lockdown, you took on a fantastic challenge of running 100k in a month for a fantastic charity, obviously, dear to your heart. Just thought it'd be great to kind of get an update on how you did with that and the money that you raised.
1: Last time I checked, it was over a thousand pounds that we managed to raise. So thanks to anyone who did donate. I've got one of these email addresses. I don't know if you've got one where basically all of my spam goes to. So I've had it since I was 15 years old. I never check it. It's probably got about 5,000 unread emails in there. But actually I did check it the other day because I forgot a password to another email address and that's where it went to. Parkinson's UK had actually sent me an email asking if I wanted to feature in one of their (laughs) newsletters and I'd it it was already a good few months that I'd that I'd missed this uh, email, so I politely declined. But I think they probably moved on to bigger and better things by then. Which which so have I. I've I've retired from running now. I think that's probably the the wise move. I wasn't breaking any records, and it was stressing Khaled out trying to run alongside me because sometimes he'd have to sort of run backwards to to make sure that he was maintaining the same snail pace that I was running at. They called me the Snail Trail.
0: <laughs> Moving swiftly onwards. Uh, any words of encouragement for Carl Burgess undertaking uh, another similar sort of challenge?
1: Any words of advice for Carl? No, not really. Try and get Frankie Barker on, your, as you said, your self-promotion team, because uh, he's pretty good at, at that stuff, self-promoting and, and all those things. I probably should add, actually, some people might have already uh, switched off the podcast, but when you said there's a special guest coming later, we, we probably should have said that it's not Frankie Barker because... People
0: probably would have already switched off at that point. For anyone that is still listening, I want to make it abundantly clear that Frankie Barker will not be joining us on this podcast. Perfect. Now, uh, moving on, Langers. Obviously, I mentioned a few bits in the uh, in the introduction, but one of the things I didn't say is is of course, you know, you are returning to the podcast. I think for the for the fourth time. Is that correct? Ooh. Oh, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Well, I th- I think it is. I think it's the fourth time. And, uh, you know, your your last appearance, of course, you're the only man to, to host an episode other than myself, but, uh, you know, a bit of self-promotion. A lot's changed, really, since uh, since you're on the podcast and you've 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 had your input in various things. You are now a, a sort of recent uh, star of not only podcast but also Sky TV. That's correct. I just thought I'd get your your take on on kind of filming the little bit that we did for the podcast for Sky um, and the ECB. How was that?
1: Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed telling all my friends that I was filming today. I was on set. Didn't know if I needed to get there early for makeup and and hair, but. It, it, it was enjoyable i felt like the the guys from uh either sky or NatWest, west which one was it or both you know were, were genuinely interested in in the podcast which was nice to see they weren't just there to video and piece it together and and plow it out so that was nice to to get from their side of the the fence yeah what did you think to it
0: yeah i think it was great i mean lots of people said some offensively uh pleasant things about me which um It's always tough to take, but uh, anyway, that's that's just me. They did cut out all the
1: stuff that I'd put in that wasn't so pleasant. I mean, it wasn't unpleasant, (laughs) but it was sort of jovial banter. And yeah, they they did edit that out, but I suppose when it's going out on live television, they probably need to make sure that it's... Suitable for everybody,
0: PG. So, do you think you could uh, possibly put an unedited version together for those that do want to hear you burying me? Uh, <laughs> it depends if they still got the footage or not. But uh, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Well, maybe maybe we can remake it next summer, and you can come down to the club and do your hero pose. That that was the bit I have to say from the day. The only thing that I did find particularly unpleasant, other than listening to people say nice things about me, was uh, doing that that hero pose, where you just have to stand mm. in the middle of the field like an idiot. Um, I mean, I don't really need any encouragement to stand in the middle of a field and look like an idiot. I don't know about you, but I get paid um, to do that, mate. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very good. Well, moving on from that, Langers, um, one of the things I did want to talk about, you know, highlight some of your fantastic good work that you've been doing for the club and talking about promotion. You've uh, taken on the mantle of of sort of head honcho of Instagram. Obviously, it would be remiss of me not to mention that this is yet another uh, brainchild of, of our fantastic tandy palms who whose list of jobs never ceases to amaze me all credit where it's due to tandy but um you've stepped up and and kind of wanted to get involved and take a bit of pressure off tandy and uh taken on the gram for the club i can't believe i just said that i'm far too old to be saying that but yeah i just thought sort of, you know get your get your insight on it what your aims are and um just sort of tell us how it's going really yeah i think
1: it probably Came out of the fact that I've struggled to get any more followers in my own uh, social media profile, so I thought, well, I might as well use a use a pseudonym or, or, or you know, a different profile where my face isn't attached to it, and see if I can get some more followers that way. But no, fair play to Tandy. She's what is she running? She's running the Facebook. She's she's involved with the Instagram and the newsletter that's been out recently, and and all these emails and memberships and things like that. So you know, just just taking on the Instagram, taking that off her hands, hopefully will ease the burden a little bit. What's the aim? Just to try and, ironically for me, to try and run it as professionally as possible and try and sort of build a little bit of, of sort of protecting the brand and, and getting our brand out there of of Macclesfield Cricket Club. And it sounds very knobby, that, doesn't it? It's just, as a focal point, really, for... For the club, whilst we're in the off-season, where people can get information and, and have a smile and and see pictures and stats and videos and, and whatnot of people from the club, a little bit similar to, to what the podcast's aim is. But at the same time, when we're in the season, hopefully it'll allow people to see, right, when's the bar open? Who's playing on the main pitch that day? Uh, who's there midweek how are the results going because as you well know we've got followers around the globe now
0: well indeed and i love the fact that you said the most important thing there is clearly what time does the bar open i don't don't, (laughs) don't know if that says more about the club or you um ironically having you spent a bit of time on both sides of the bar last summer. But, uh, you know, you, you mentioned obviously using it as a platform and um, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing to do. And it kind of synergizes well with the podcast. I know you've been posting some little teaser clips um, and every time there's a new episode, you've been getting those up. And uh, what, what's some of the other content you've been doing on Instagram?
1: Um, so I started off with just a few stats. Took stole that completely from the Macclesfield uh, rugby Insta account that Matt the Stat aptly named has been been running uh, alongside Frankie and alongside Apps, so I completely ripped that off and stole. It's quite easy to do it for uh, the cricket team, obviously, because there's, it, you know we're, we're run by stats, we're given by stats. Whereas the rugby, Matt the Stat has to go back through his videos and and you know he really has to analyse the, the bits of information that he puts into those posts. So I thought that was quite nice, and to give a bit of credit to people like Angus um, Coomsey, who you know, young players that have performed well in in the first team for Angus and Coombsley topped the batting stats for that league that the Twos played in last year. What else has been on there? Like you said, the teaser clips, that was good to poke a bit of fun at Yozza and, you know, to listen to, uh, to, I suppose in some way, to put a bit of imagery, even though it's only a couple of pictures, a bit of imagery to the to the podcast and to the, the audio that goes with it was quite nice. And Shenna's podcast was just hilarious his voice just cracked me up more than anything that how, how much he was laughing at the story he was telling that he's probably told that story a hundred times before as as yaza as as morsey and all those guys but it was just absolutely hilarious the way he told it it could have been you know on any sky sports podcast or whatever it was just superb to listen to so
0: fair play Shannon well done yeah and uh and fair play to yourself and and well done for kind of you know, taking on the mantle of uh, Instagram head honcho. So a couple of other things I want to move on to, Langers, before we get to our our sort of uh, our mystery guest. Although, I don't know, it'd be interesting to know if anyone's clocked on to who it might be yet. One of the things we didn't... We touched on this a little bit uh, on your podcast last time, but um, especially after last season where, where we featured at the club, a lot of youth and a lot of young players coming through the ranks in, in all three teams. I thought it'd be great to kind of discuss with you a little bit of the importance of kind of schoolboy cricket, obviously with yourself being involved with various teams and coaching at Kings, as well as uh, being Mr. Mister P teacher. Yeah, I, ju- I just thought it'd be great to kind of touch on, on the importance of schoolboy cricket and, and how that pertains, especially to us with Macclesfield, with the players that we do have from from not only Kings, but um, MGS and other such schools.
1: I think it's, it's one of the... Really sad things that came out of this lockdown was, well, in general, with even with the lockdown we're in at the moment, uh, just COVID in general, maybe I should say that the lack of sport that's being played at a grassroots level with, um, cricket, it was okay for the clubs. We got a couple of months out of of it, It sort of a mini season, um, but for rugby at the moment and, and hockey at the moment in schools is, you know, these kids aren't playing and it's a massive release of um, let's say aggression and energy and competitive nature um, as well as obviously working as part of a team and, and, and working individually. It's, it's just a shame that nothing is happening at the moment um, or, or, you know, to the standard that it was happening before. I think that, uh, one of, I sound very negative, but one of the sad things is the amount of guys who go away from school um, and, and stop playing altogether. Uh, you know, really good players and not even just the really good players, uh, but the guys who would play in the fourths and the thirds and the seconds, you know, all the way through the club. And, and if we can try you know, through Steve and myself to bridge the the gap there and encourage players to come and play for the club so that more people like, you know, I don't want to speak just specific, specifically about the Kings players, but um, I will do slightly that Tom Carter and Sam Buckingham and Angus, that they can't, you know when they come back to maxfield it's their club and they continue to play cricket into their adulthood because you know it's as we've saw from the summer just gone it, you know it really did raise the mood when people were able to get out and be competitive again
0: yeah absolutely and and obviously historically we're lucky to have a, a pretty strong link with with kings especially and you know we've been fortunate to have a, a number of very good first team players but players right through the club as you say and that's just as important but it is something we hope to improve upon and as you say we can always encourage more players to uh, to come and, and play at Macclesfield when they're not playing at schoolboy cricket. Obviously I hope very much that, that there will be um, a competitive sort of season for school cricket this year. Do you, do you have any sort of feelings? I won't press you for an official answer, but do you have any feelings on on that as it as it looks at the moment?
1: I think it will be, to be honest, just because of the nature of cricket and the ECB proved last year that they managed to... The ECB were the first governing body to get competitive cricket at all levels, grassroots, club cricket and international cricket compared to rugby, hockey and all the other sports. So... Fair play to them. Uh, So I think there will be. I think the nature of the protocols that were put down for for COVID to allow cricket to happen mean that we'll be able to get some school cricket in. It might be very, very localised. I don't know if we'll be going to the Royal Grammar School at Lancaster, for example, on a coach. Maybe it'll be we'll be asking parents to drop off at local schools rather than those big journeys would have kids sat in you know close proximity to each other for you know an hour an hour and a half when we're, when we're on the coach
0: yeah I, I think we'll have some cricket in the summer to be honest and lastly just uh, before we move on from that, what can you say about the sort of standard of cricket that you've seen? Um, obviously, I, I don't know what years you've been coaching recently, um, but including that right up to the sort of first team level,
1: the standard of cricket at schoolboy level in in the northwest I think is phenomenal. Um, at, at school last year, this is a, a self bit of self promotion going on here. I'm the first um, first team coach ever to go a season unbeaten, and that had absolutely nothing to do with COVID canceling the whole season. So <laughs> that was my, yeah, Steve asked me halfway through the, through this term now, actually, if I wanted to help um, AJ Harris coach the, the first team. Obviously, he is an ex-pro, so he'd be doing most of the coaching and I'd be doing a lot of the organising um, and applause from the sideline, which I said I would do and, and I was looking forward to it because I'd coach quite a few of those guys who were going into first team cricket. Uh, through the under-15 age group. And like I said, the standard's high. There's a lot of boys who play first-team cricket when they're younger and and not just because we're sort of short on numbers, but they're there on merit. They can pretty much get selected for the first team. I think year nine is probably the the youngest that I've seen. It wouldn't surprise me in the next few years, mentioning no names if there's a year eight that gets picked. I had the pleasure, not last season, obviously, but the season before that of coaching um, pretty much, I'd say sixty percent of Yozza's dream team they were they were a pretty good team. We managed to beat Cheadle, which was good because they had some superstars in Vaughan and uh, you know a few other players that that are there with with famous names. that was a good win for us. Yaza out in the middle umpiring kindly. Cold day that was actually. He turned around to look where I was when we were fielding, and there's a a nice little sports hall right by the side of the under thirteen cricket pitch. and I was upstairs in the sports hall watching from a window whilst Yozla was stood umpiring uh, pretty pretty cold, I'd say.
0: Lastly, you mentioned uh, a certain character there, and I, I can't skip over him. Of course, we're talking about Steve Moores. I'm very hopeful that we'll, we'll get Steve on in due course, although not only are there so many people to, to feature on the podcast, there, there are still... Uh, an unhealthy amount of Morses yet to feature on the podcast so i don't know when we're going to get him on but rest assured we will what what can you tell us about steve as as a coach and and a colleague and and god knows what else
1: i reckon if you interviewed on the podcast a moors a week, then by the time you got through all of the adult Moores's, Joe Moores will probably be about 16. So he can come on his own podcast by that point as well. <laughs> Steve Moores is, yeah, look, he's the amount of guys he's coached in, you know, at Mac and at the school or, or, or both. Um, is testament to, to what he's done I've learned a lot from Steve I can't believe I'm saying this he'll he'll, he'll really enjoy hearing this I'm sure he will because we have a lot of banter at work but uh, I've learned a lot from him so I, I sort of was quite uh, methodical and what's the word drill based maybe in my coaching and, and that's unfortunately how a lot of ECB coaches learn to do their level one and their level two Um then came to work at King's ooh, five years ago now um, and was like, oh, Steve, I want to do this and do this. And, and I'm coaching the key points to picking up the ball one-handed and throwing it at the stumps. And he's like, what happens if the ball's not on their right foot? What if it's on their left foot? What happens if they're chasing it? What happens if this? What happens if that? It's much better that they just find a way that they're comfortable of doing it. And if it's accurate, then crack on with it. And, you know, he, he sort of revolutionised my coaching sort of freedom to to do what I want and to, to go away from the rule book slightly with, with certain skills and techniques also obviously with his contacts at knots with with pete we've been down there and he's taken the cricket department or, or most of the members of the cricket department down there to do some cpd some some professional development watching pete and his coaches coach and some of the drills that those guys were doing and sort of very much from the same you know singing from the same hymn sheet as as what morsey does with with his coaching and making it very game based and and active and competitive and uh, I think you hopefully can see that in the guys who have come to play for the cricket club from the school all the way back to pool oh, well, i'm gonna i'm gonna say um the Isherwoods and Parf and Cal and people like that, but I'm sure. Uh, Steve will kill me for saying I'm sure there's lads older than that that he's probably coached and, and had an influence on in their cricket careers as well
0: Well it's great to kind of you know get an update on some of the recent things and of course talk over a bit of cricket there and, and a bit of Steve Moore's as well and I'm sure he'll take great pleasure in, in listening to those kind words you've just said Thank you for your continued support of the podcast Since the debut episode back in March we have amassed over 7,000 unique downloads and been recognised by the ECB with a national award for proactive leadership in the community as featured recently on sky sports the podcast continues to develop and grow and i would like to take this opportunity to thank all of you the listeners for continuing to support and engage with the podcast the podcast is self-funded and we could not continue to create content without the support of our patrons. thanks to our most recent patreon rick shenton for anyone interested in supporting the podcast please visit www.patreon.com forward slash get it whacked or you can click the link in the description of this podcast thank you now it's not often we get the opportunity for two separate introductions on the podcast however we're all about first here on get it whacked so this man had the unenviable distinction of not only playing cricket with langers but also training as a teacher with him as well. An international man of mystery, he has almost single-handedly driven our podcast listenership in Sweden to uncharted territory. He's our biggest, and probably only, fan from Sweden. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Carl Rogers. Gary, how are you? I'm good, Miles. How are you? Mate, I'm very, very good indeed. Delighted to have you on the podcast. You've been this international man of mystery. There was this big hunt for who is our one listener in Sweden and uh, we got Detective Langer's on the case and and he he pointed out that it was you and here you are. Exactly, yeah. DCI uh, Langley on the case yet again. (laughs) So whereabouts are you in the world at the moment? As the international man of mystery, I've discovered that you're not uh, strictly always in Sweden, are you? No, I've, uh, I've got a few humble boards, So I'm currently in Stockholm, Sweden. However,
2: in between places, so where uh, me and my girlfriend are currently looking at moving to the Netherlands, she's Dutch. So we have basically just been given kind of a property from her family uh, just outside of Amsterdam. So I'm kind of trying to, trying to play cricket in two different spheres at the moment. So I've got my club in Stockholm, uh, that I'm starting in Donets on Saturday and then looking at joining Hilversum CC
0: in the uh the near future as well fantastic well before we talk about some uh some cricket stuff i just thought it'd be interesting just to to talk about a few things you mentioned there so firstly kind of how was your 2020 obviously a little bit different i dare say to ours because obviously over in england we had lockdowns and a lot of social distancing and i'm pretty sure i'm right in saying in sweden uh it's a little bit more relaxed so so what 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 were the uh yeah what was the experience of 2020 like for you
2: yeah kind of bizarre we've being living in kind of an alternative universe, the lockdown situation in Sweden didn't really come into force at all. As you said at the start of the podcast, I did my teacher training with, uh, with Langers. So I'm a PE teacher in Sweden. Uh, we did two weeks of kind of distance learning online and the version of like Offset in Sweden said that our school were committing a crime by doing that. So we had to go back to being in the classroom. So that that kind of changed everything towards the end of the summer. So we didn't really get the, the big effect. And then I spent four weeks in the Netherlands and then managed to sneak in via the back door with the, uh, the travel corridors into England and managed to play a game for my local club, uh, Red Car CC, and experience uh, corona cricket, as I was calling it, because you had to come off every six overs to sanitise your hands, sanitise the bats, which seemed a bit bizarre to me. I wasn't used to it. And then having to wear face masks and things like that was all a bit crazy. And then we didn't really have that second wave right up until potentially November time when the cases started to spike here again. And they've uh, they've just brought in a lot law, corona laws today as such, which kind of uh, limits the amount of people going in and out of supermarkets and swimming pools and gyms and things like that but it's nowhere near being as strong as uh, you guys in the UK.
0: Well, I mean, obviously we send our, our best wishes to you and, and obviously everyone else in Sweden and uh, to, your, to your other half and your Dutch family, or, well, maybe family in the future. I, I won't put you on the spot, Gary. You spoiled the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> next question will be, uh, when, when did you first start listening to the podcast? We've got a group chat on WhatsApp from uh, the boys that went to Loughborough together.
2: And Langer's dropped in the, the group chat that he was going to be on a podcast. And you know what Langer's is like. He's a natural entertainer. Uh, so we thought we'd uh, we'd all have a listen. And thought it was quite good what you were doing as a club. Kind of getting people to listen to stories and have like a bit of a chat. It was like being back in the clubhouse on a Sunday after, after a bad game of cricket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was quite nice and refreshing to listen to some some chat because the, the game out here in Sweden is a little bit different. We've uh, we've kind of exploded onto the cricket map in the last few years with uh, obviously the refugee crisis coming in from Afghanistan. Which, uh, there was a lot of young Afghani boys that came in that have started to take the game up here. We've got a lot of Indian and Pakistani boys that have came over here for the tech industry. So that's kind of how the game's progressing here. So it's a little bit different uh, in the way of like interacting socially after a game. So it was kind of refreshing to hear just some general chat about cricket and hearing a few of Langers' stories
0: about Max C C is always a a good listen. So kind of got in through there. And um, you know, as someone, uh, I mean, obviously you're now in our extended family at Maxwell Cricket Club here, Gary, but. But as a, as an outsider, if I can describe you as such briefly, um, you know, how how did you find sort of listening to episodes and stuff about people you perhaps didn't know or weren't particularly aware of?
2: I know, I know some of the boys that have been on the podcast. They obviously know Frankie through uh through Langers and a, a few other characters.
0: We tried to refrain from talking about Frankie Barker on this podcast, just uh, just just so you're aware.
2: Well, he's more of a rugby man isn't he, than a cricketer.
0: Well, so is Langers, isn't he? <laughs>
1: We said we said we were refraining from talking about Frankie Barker so carry on.
2: <laughs> in terms of uh, li- listening to the podcast with some uh, members of the club that I don't know it's just yeah it's just kind of putting yourself into those scenarios. there's obviously these different characters at different clubs isn't there? I know that I can kind of put some people into the same brackets in my club as some of the some of the people that you've had on a, the podcast and you kind of relate through that that sphere and understand their kind of like relationship with cricket and relationship with other members of the club and you kind of put yourself into that scenario.
0: So we're talking about sort of relationships obviously you know you're here because of Langers Um, and another one of the great additions that that Langers has given Macclesfield Cricket Club is our connection with you now Gary but uh, firstly I thought it'd be interesting you could maybe tell us a bit Bit about Langers and your experiences with him, although I, I encourage you to keep it uh, PG. And also, Gary, we've got to talk about your nickname. I introduced you as Carl. I'm calling you Gary. You've got to put us out of a misery.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a complicated one. That in terms of Langers, obviously we uh, we trained together on our PGCE, uh, and one of the first introductions that we had was we ended up at this hotel just outside of the the campus at Loughborough. And we all did like the the general team building icebreakery nonsense. And I think Langers was in my group for that and ended up having a bit of a chat with him. And it was as the Rugby World Cup was on. Uh and managed to bump into to Langers later on that weekend and watched, I think we watched the England game together and just had a bit of a chat and started to meet people at university. You don't know who everybody is. And Langers been a, a local by himself knew some of the uh, the local Loughborough establishments and attractions to go into. So he was a nice little tour guide for the first couple of weeks.
1: You make that sound really dodgy, Carl, but it actually <laughs> wasn't. You, you actually do mean just the pubs, don't you? For, just to exactly, that yeah.
0: 100%. <laughs> wow. i mean stitched stitch stuff here. <laughs> the tour of uh, the, uh, the, the lesser known...
2: Yeah, exactly. Pardon my French, but the tour of the, uh, the shite pubs around Loughborough.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's better.
2: Exactly. The old, the old boozers. And now tell, it, tell us about Gary, Gary. Yeah, so the, the Gary thing was a, an odd one. We had a, a lecturer called Carl that was one of the head lecturers on the course. And he'd send these emails out kind of slagging people off and saying that they needed to do this and they needed to do that. Or he'd give like an all-course email saying that we needed to be at this place at this time and nobody kind of agreed with him. So everybody started, as you do, looking at your phone in a lecture and all you can hear is people, bloody hell, Carl, not him again. And Langer's decided that he'd uh, he'd take the mantle on this and he was like, oh, we can't be having this. We can't be having you being called Carl, him being called Carl. People are going to get confused. You're going to get upset. People are going to start talking behind your back. To which my response was like, I, I know who I am. I'm, I'm a different Carl. He's Carl with a K. I'm Carl with a C. We're all OK there. So he turned around to a few of the boys and said, we're going to have to give Carl a nickname. And nobody nobody kind of bit on it, which I was hoping that someone might go, "Oh, we'll have him as handsome Carl. We'll have him as, uh, as quick Carl or anything like that. And uh, Lang has decided that he'd go, I think he looks a bit like Gary. So the Gary name stuck. And then even when I went home at Christmas, people would be shouting Gary in the pub and I'd be turning around looking for people called Gary, thinking that it was me. And it kind of just stuck and carried on from there. Even Pete's ex-girlfriend used to call me Carl Gary. Kind of all got very, very, very messy. So I ended up living this... Uh, this double life as Carl and Gary.
1: Well, what you've also done really well there, Carl, is you, sorry, Gary, you've uh, you've managed to sort of dispel the myth that um, PE teachers aren't very clever because you've established that Carl can be spelt in two different ways with a curly cur and a kicking ker. So thanks for, you know, making sure everyone realises how intelligent we are. Ah, oh, exactly, mate. We're, we're the height of intelligence, aren't we, as PE teachers? Well, didn't, didn't, um... Didn't either a girl that you work with or, or it could have been a guy, I'm not sure, I don't want to get you in trouble, make you a, or get you a key ring and they thought your name was actually Gary or something like that? Yeah, it was one of the schools that I did my placement at was in Derby, uh,
2: Little uh, little Over Community School and the farm tutor that I was paired up with was the wood tech and metal work teacher and she decided that she'd go It was like Christmas time. She was buying all the kids like little presents and stuff. And she made me a key ring with Gary on it because she thought (laughs) that my name was Gary because the the other girl that was on our placement kept on calling me Gary. And I'd worked with her for 10 weeks.
0: (laughs) So would you say at this point you'd sort of worked out that that Langus wasn't necessarily somebody that, uh, you know, you you wanted to be around or you could trust and, and was potentially a shady character?
2: Oh yeah, definitely uh, some questionable crack about him, and uh, every now and again he'd he'd come up with a goods, though he did uh, he'd
0: give you a good laugh. Well, talking about questionable crack, Gary, there there is one thing I I do want to mention, and and uh, to be fair to Langers, he's he's not the only person who's got something to answer for on this podcast. Um, <laughs> now taking it back to some cricketing chat here, I uh, I hear that um, Langer's actually introduced you and, and and got you to come and play for a club called Barrow Cricket Club. And uh, he tells me that he brought you in um, and, and you had a pretty good first game. And the following week, Langers was absolute, uh, was subsequently dropped uh, in favour of you. Can you confirm or deny this? I'd have, I'd have to try and uh, be very
2: political with my answer there. And I'd, uh, I'd be saying that I don't think he was dropped because of me. I think he was dropped because of uh, his performance
1: the previous week. Well, under bold.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as, as always, Langers, as always.
1: I don't know if you know this uh, story, actually, Carl, in, in full detail, but Grewy, who was the captain of the twos, was like, have you got any lads at Love Brewer on your course? Like, we're really struggling for players this week. It'd uh, be really good if you can get anyone to come down. I was like, yeah, I know a couple of lads, so I've got them to come down and play. Can't remember who we were playing against or what, you know, What it was a league game. Uh, Carl got a fourfer. But Gruy had already said to me, he's like, look, just make these lads aware that, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're sort of coming in to help us out. And if someone who's trained all winter is available next week, I'm, I'm going to pick them because the students will be gone in, in well, for a PGCE would have been gone in May, June time. Uh, so I was like, yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. They just want a game. It's fine. They're, you know, they'll play for the threes or whatever. So then... He texted me the Monday after the Saturday and said, "Carl's all right, isn't he?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, he's not a bad bowler, mate." He went, "Yeah, I think you'll be with
0: the threes next week." Oh, <laughs> bloody hell! Well, there we go. It's it's nice to uh, to heal some wounds on the podcast and maybe open up a few new ones as well. Mm, exactly. Yeah, he was always a good eye for talent, grooey Gary, talk, talking about sort of cricket here, I, th- I thought it'd be interesting to kind of hear a, l- a little bit about your sort of early cricketing memories. Um, and indeed, perhaps you can tell us wh- wh- where you grew up and, and where you played your early cricket. And then let's lead that on to hear about now, obviously uh, playing cricket in Sweden, and obviously say you're saying it's uh, it's taking off as a bit of a boom over there. Yeah,
2: so I'm from the northeast of England, from not far from Middlesbrough, a town called Redcar on the uh, on the coast. Uh, and I grew up, I probably got to about eight years old, and I was football mad. Big Middlesbrough fan, unfortunately, for my sins. Uh, wasn't too bad in, back in the day when I was eight. We were, we were after decent football inside. Uh, and then one of my friends, who was a couple of years older than me, uh, invited me down to my local cricket club just for a training session and kind of turned up, didn't think anything of it. I thought cricket, I don't know whether I'm going to be really that fussed about this uh, and kind of just loved the game from there. So went down, had a training session, fell in love with it and started playing for like the under-11 side when I was about eight years old. And kind of the the system at the time was really good. It was re- really inclusive. We kind of like rotated players who had like a core of about four or five players because I think it was eight side that were like fixtures in the team and kind of everybody else rotated around them. And it was pairs cricket, as, as it is when you play an under 11s cricket. It was all about kind of participation and enjoyment. Uh, and then when we kind of got, when I kind of got to like the senior figures in that team, when we were like the eleven-year-olds, uh, we had quite a good, quite a good side for the. The team that I was in, we, I think we were like league champions and cup champions. And that kind of followed us up every, like when I was the eldest in every age group, the, the lads that were a year younger than me, some really, really good cricketers in, in that side. Uh, we had a, a spin bowler, Sam Berry, whose dad used to play for Durham. Uh, we had a really, really good wicketkeeper called Tyler Easton that ended up playing for Durham Twos. Uh, and we had a, a bunch of other lads that were real solid cricketers so every every second year in kind of my junior cricket we we're always challenging to like win leagues and win cups and things like that which was really good uh, and like Red Car Cricket Club kind of really fostered the juniors at that point and then I don't I don't know what happened when we were when I was probably about 17 the club kind of fell away a little bit and the junior section kind of disintegrated and there was like fights within the club and things like that. Uh, so I went and played for a team that my great uncle used to play for, which was Smith's Dock. That played in like a couple of leagues below, like a bit of a, a drop in standard. Uh, but really enjoyed it. Like had some good good mates that played in uh, in that team as well, and kind of played played for them for a season, uh, and then went back to Redcar after that. And we kind of like the young like. Lad- lads at the time kind of like bonded together, kind of came together to kind of push the club forward. Uh, and they've started to kind of develop the junior scene there again and hopefully kind of kind of like bringing the club back together, kind of healing that the wounds, which is kind of similar to a podcast that I was listening to from you guys a couple of weeks ago, saying that you've basically got yourself into a position where you've got four Saturday teams and that you can get 44 uh, lads out on a... On a Saturday to play which is fantastic which is what any cricket club really wants is like kind of bringing the juniors through so that can that can be the option so that was kind of like the the environment that I grew up in.
0: Fantastic and uh, and then moving on to sort of more recent times obviously you know you mentioned cricket over in Sweden um, I thought it'd be great to, to hear about the game over there and, and kind of your experiences really. Yeah uh, it was all a bit mad I ended up moving to Sweden for a job,
2: which I'm currently in now. So teaching PE out here and didn't really think anything of playing cricket. I kind of put that to bed. I thought there'll, there'll be no no sort of game or cricket scene at all out here. I thought you you might watch the Ashes every now and again and that'll be about it. Uh, and randomly, just one day, I got a message on Instagram off this bloke who was from... Uh, from Surrey and I was like what's going on here and it was like oh I've, I've heard that you're you're living in Sweden I know that you're a Yorkshireman and I know that you, you're half decent cricketer so I, I thought what's this have I been kind of like duped by some dodgy dodgy bloke on Instagram trying to sell me a tie bright Was it uh, Pete Langley under the
0: auspice of Makasur Cricket Club?
2: I wish it was ended up being the uh the skipper of a side here that were called Sacks at the time, which was Stockholm Academicals Cricket Club, uh, and they they'd been formed in 1993 by a group of expats that were at Stockholm University and had kind of developed a little bit further, and they were playing in the like the top tier of Swedish cricket. So we en- I ended up going down to some in Donets and kind of playing playing my way into like their first team and kind of kicked on from there. We ended up winning like the T20 competition in our in my first season, which was fantastic. And it kind of was really strange because you're a general club cricketer in the UK. You don't generally do too much travelling. You kind of stick to your own little patch. It's an absolute nightmare if you've got to go on an away game that's over an hour, where in Sweden we kind of have two divisions. So you've got a division that is in the north and you've got a division that's in the south and we're part of the north area within Stockholm, which is pretty far south within the country itself. So we ended up going on tour uh, to Malmo and Gothenburg and playing against some of their sides and then had an amazing experience of going up towards the Arctic Circle about an hour and a half outside the Arctic Circle to a place called Umio, which has the most northerly cricket pitch in the world and playing against their team in a couple of 50-over-league uh, matches, which was
0: fantastic. And I assume these are uh, absolute roads, turns-a-mile, absolute <laughs> dust-ball pitches, are they? Oh, no, I wish it was. It was
2: uh, We play on play on artificial wickets out here, which is a bit strange because you, you think straight away of like, oh, God, this is going to be real dodgy playing on uh, on artificial decks. But it's actually pretty good because at the moment, we've got quite a lot of snow on the ground. Uh, and trying to maintain wickets and stuff in the summer is virtually impossible. So playing on the artificial decks is actually quite good for for the area that we're in. And it kind of brings out a decent game of cricket. You get a little bit of movement off the scene, which is always nice. Uh, and they're kind of decent to bat on. They're a little bit unpredictable at times because it's not on a, a proper a deck as you, you would normally have it. It's kind of on like a storm-based like pitch, and you can get the odd odd one that keeps law, and you get the odd one that takes your teeth out. So it's quite interesting playing.
0: Well, look, Carl, you know we all we all like a bit of badgering here on the podcast, and, and I can't let you go with, without talking about a few numbers. But before we get to that, Carl, we've uh, we've got Langers here. He's uh, he's kept himself relatively well behaved to this point, but uh, I think it's important to bring him in now and and get. Get Pete Langley, coach, underappreciated, underbold cricketer, on into the hot seat to tell us what kind of cricketer Carl is. Well,
1: oh, thank you for reintroducing me to the podcast for the seventh time this year. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Carl is, I tell you, like,
1: Carl, how old are you, Carl? 26, mate. 26. So obviously I trained to be a teacher a little bit later on in my career. Uh, I, was a, I was a fraud uh, before that. Um, but <laughs> so, so obviously Carl's... Already 20... she's already a lot younger than me. Um, And you're a bit... You were... I don't know if you still are, Carl. You got your camera off. But you're a bit of a baby-faced assassin, aren't you? 100%. When we played against teams when we were back in Leicestershire at Barrow and... Uh, well, we only played together at Barrow, but it, even in the nets, he's it, quite a slight character, and you think, "Ah, he'll just bowl down, bowl us some medium paces, you know, some some half volleys. This will be lovely, but he does get a lot of movement, gets a lot of swing, good wrist position, Kyle, I'd say, and yeah, like I said in that game for Barrow in, in the league, I can't remember who it was we played against, and I did actually try and find the play cricket stats, but took a forfer and uh, took took my position as the sixth changing. The sixth bowler change. Um, <laughs> that he's probably a little bit handier with a bat than me as well, to be honest. But he's he's played cricket since the age of eight, so he's he's got all those little nooks and crannies that I haven't got as a as a cricketer, unfortunately. Why am I making this about me? We're talking about Carl. So I yeah, know he's just a good, honest, hardworking cricketer. Probably say he's a bowling all rounder, but I think his stats would probably back that up. What do you reckon, Gary? Ever been harsh to you there or? I think you've been a bit generous there, mate. Bowling all rounder, I'll take
0: that. Gary, we we love uh, we love a bit of flirtation with the all-rounder status on uh, on get it whacked, as as you're probably well aware, because um, I go I go on about that as nearly as many times as I do reintroducing Pete Langley onto the podcast. Um, so yeah, would, would would you have a bit of a flirt with that bowling all-rounder title in your own words? I I, I
2: don't mind a a nice shot through extra cover. That's generally my my little go-to.
0: Pete, can you uh, can you just tell me what extra cover is? Because I... it's the one next to cover, isn't it? uh I, I mean it's not important we're both bowlers who cares uh gary let's let's move on and talk about some numbers i've uh, i've done a little bit of digging there for you mate we're uh, we're, we're going to talk about a few bits of bowling stats here so i've i've gone back to redcar cricket club up in the northeast pulled up your stats for what they are i'm sure there's loads missing there always are for people here but um what i can tell you bowling wise in all you've bowled 289.2 overs 26 maidens Fifty-four wickets with a best of seven for twenty-four. Do you remember that seven for twenty-four? Bet you do. I do. Definitely remember that one. Go to bed
2: dreaming about it most nights.
0: <laughs> well, give us give us a flavour.
2: Well, just one of them days, isn't it, where the ball gets in your hand and you feel like you're Steve Armisen coming into the ball. It was uh, moving the ball all over. As Pete was saying, kind of one of my one of my strengths is kind of moving the ball. And it was just a, a nice overcast grey day in the northeast of England that definitely helps for those uh, those conditions and moving the ball about. Uh, I think there was a few balls in there. I think there was a few LBs in there. It
0: was uh, yeah, it was a good day at the office.
1: Your dad wasn't umpiring again, was he? Nah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. Well, look, uh, Carl, it's been it's been great to have you on the podcast. It's 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 fantastic to kind of introduce someone that's. Uh, you know, as I say, outside of the cricket club, but, you know, we welcome you into the Macclesfield Cricket Club family, and, and one of the great aims, I'm sure Langers will agree with me, we're going to have to get you over here and get you donning the mighty uh, the mighty Macclesfield shirt at some point, even if it is for a bit of a, a friendly game or something like that. So we, we look forward to welcoming you to the club uh, at the, the nearest opportunity. Uh, but before you go, it's a bit of a tradition, really, to ask you what you sort of... Your future plans are for next season. Um, any goals and aims, and uh, yeah, how you see your cricket going, and uh, anything else you want to say? Well,
2: you'd be quite happy to hear them, Miles. Uh, Mister Pete Langley, obviously, in his house, he's had a few of uh, your ex professionals, and I'm pretty sure that one of them ended up leaving one of the uh, grey nickels fleeces that didn't quite fit, Mister Mister Langley, <laughs> and ended up uh, ended up ended up giving it to me. Uh, so I've got I've got it in Sweden and wear it with uh, we pride every now and again I stick it on, and everybody goes where's where's this strange place Macclesfield and go and point to it on a map so it gets uh, a little bit of representation in,
0: in Sweden already so that's a that's a good one fantastic and and uh, what about your cricket next uh, or well this season next season I don't know what you call it in Sweden
1: <laughs> yeah in
0: terms in terms of of this season kind of we. have we're starting in
2: Dornets as of tomorrow. So, getting back into the swing of things, hopefully, playing probably half the season here and then half the season in Holland, hopefully. So, I think the main aim for my club, which uh, changed the name last year to, to Jürgården Cricket Club, which is kind of linked to one of the football teams to try and get this exposure into cricket a little bit further along the road in Sweden so i think that the main aim for our club is to kind of to win what is classified as like Allsvenskan which is like the the top league within sweden try and really push that forward in both the 50 over format and the 20 over format and then i'm guessing that you guys have seen the european cricket league that's been happening as well in different places and uh, our boys got to the final of that in stockholm unfortunately got beat uh, kind of bottled it at the at the last minute, as per a lot of a lot of Brits and Aussies playing against uh, a lot of uh, Indians. In the end, we ended up playing and getting getting stuffed. So hopefully, maybe getting back into that European Cricket League and hopefully qualifying for their uh, like European Super Cup. So the Champions League of cricket. That I think, think that'd be our our main aim as a club this year.
0: Fantastic. Well, Carl, I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, before you go, I'll ask you if you've got any uh, parting comments and, and indeed, anything you want to say to your great mate Pete Langley. Yeah,
2: just uh, cheers for having me on the podcast. It's been a pleasure listening for the the thirty odd episodes that you've done so far. I think it's a a great initiative from yourself, Miles, and from the club of getting as many people on as you have. Uh, and then for for the man sat next to you, Langers, just Top boy, just having crack all over the shop, isn't he? He's a, he's a laugh a minute, his Langers. Hopefully he gets uh, the fair fair treatment that he gets and can get a few overs this year and maybe take a few wickets. Never know, you might get him to be a ball in all-rounder
1: as well. Your check is in the post, Carl Gary Rogers. Your check is in the post.
0: Langers, before we head off into the sunset, any uh, final words from yourself, mate? No,
1: just glad we managed to get him on, to be honest. A genuine uh, good bloke, genuine good bloke. Glad I met him when I was doing my teacher training and just typical of Carl to be the absolute badger who would listen to pretty much all of our episodes, I reckon, once he managed to uh, find his way to the one that I sent him 15 times that was my first podcast. So, good to get him on, good to get a different perspective from uh, out, you know, outside of what we've had before, which is British cricket and Australian cricket, pretty much. So, nice one, Gary, and Hope you, uh hope you have a good, well, 2021 now, isn't it? You'd hope so, mate. Can't,
0: can't get much worse than last year. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, Gary, as I say, absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, we'll keep in touch. We look forward to uh, welcoming you down to Victoria Road in the not-too-near-distant future.
2: Yeah, 100%, lads. Hopefully get a bee with you in the uh, the greatest beer garden in Mac, as Langer's likes to call it.
1: There we go.
0: <laughs> look at that product placement as well. What a pleasure. Right, lads, we'll speak soon. All the best. No worries. See you later. Bye-bye.